If you've worked for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to become good at your area of expertise, an inability to market yourself or describe what you do shouldn't be the one thing between you and success. You are listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with personal branding expert, Amanda Littlejohn. She says it's time to package your genius. Hey there, this is Patrice from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another edition of Redefining Wealth. I am so pumped up just coming off of podcast movement where, you know, I was the opening keynote speaker last week. And man, what an experience. What an experience and what an honor. If you met me at Podcast Movement, big welcome to you. I'm so honored that you're here. And if you're just brand new to Redefining Wealth, here's the main thing you need to know about us. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We literally believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which was all about the condition of well-being. And so what you'll learn here is that we're based on six pillars, and these are all the things that we believe make your relationship with money so much richer when you're aware of how to improve them in your daily life. And so this is a place you're going to want to stick around and just be a part of. I'm just saying. So go ahead and click subscribe now. And to my OG listeners and Purpose Chasers, big shout out to you. Thank you so much for the continued support, for all the reviews. And I have something special for you because you are a Purpose Chaser. So next week on August 29th, I am doing a free live masterclass training for all my Purpose Chasers entitled How to Chase Purpose. (laughs) We're talking the five shifts to help you acknowledge your God-given gifts, align your passion, and answer the call on your life. And I decided to do this masterclass on how to chase purpose because of your feedback, because of the emails and the DMs and all of the messages. And I realized I've been saying almost for two years now, chase purpose, not money, chase purpose, not money, not recognizing that for some of us, We literally don't know what it means to chase purpose. What does that really mean? And so I know many of you are struggling with even identifying your purpose. And I have a bunch of thoughts around that. I'm going to reserve for the the masterclass. But in order to truly live out this mantra that we say each and every week and that you guys hold so dear, I think it was really important to have a real conversation and get down to the nitty gritty about this. So One of the things we're going to talk about, I'm going to break down what stage of living your life's purpose you may be in and how to honor that process at every step of the journey. Because sometimes I really believe we are trying to skip steps and we get frustrated because we're not actually prepared uh, to walk into what was promised to us, right? So we have these visions and we have these ideas of who we should be and where we should go, but you can't skip steps. And I'm going to break down those steps for you. I'm really going to focus in on folks who have mastered making their business look pretty online on the outside, but behind closed doors, you know that you're constantly uncertain of whether you're doing the right thing. And I know how frustrating this can be because sometimes it forces you or puts you in a place where you question the call. Like, am I actually doing 
the right thing. And I really, really want to speak to those of you who are discouraged because you believe that you know what your purpose is, but because things aren't panning out the way you expected, you're questioning. And so it doesn't really matter to me if you're one of the people who are like, I have no idea, no clue what I'm supposed to be doing, all the way up to folks who say, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but how come I'm not profiting from it yet? No matter where you are on that spectrum, this masterclass is for you. And so if you want to join me, it's Thursday evening, August 29th. Go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. Sign up to be in our free Slack community because I'm only doing it for Purpose Chasers. You will not see you know, emails with the login details. You won't see it on social media. You have to be a Purpose Chaser and committed to this community. So go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. Get in the Slack group and there you'll be able to get the registration details. And so speaking of being clear on your purpose and understanding how to profit from it uh, and package it all up, I'm really excited to introduce you to Amanda Littlejohn. This is a conversation that I think leads right in to how to chase purpose. And Amanda's amazing. So when I talk about being Uh, you know, recognized in Forbes as one of 15 most inspiring podcasters for professionals of every stripe, that nomination actually came from Amanda. And I've been watching her online for years. I think she is absolutely brilliant and I'm excited to bring her to you. So without further ado, let me give you her official bio. Amanda Miller Littlejohn is a top nationally recognized expert on personal branding and innovator in the public relations space. Amanda is the founder of Washington, D.C.-based leadership and training company, Package Your Genius Academy, and author of Package Your Genius, Five Steps to Build Your Most Powerful Brand. She's also the host of a podcast with the same name, and she's the creator of the personal branding toolkit, The Branding Box, which landed her on PR Innovators List in 2015. She's a sought-after speaker and writer on personal branding, and Amanda has been featured nationally and internationally in media outlets such as Forbes, The Washington Post, CBS, ABC, and The Los Angeles Times. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amanda Miller-Littlejohn. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Amanda. (laughs) Hello, Patrice. I am so excited to be here with you. What made you do that little chuckle? What was that for? Because I've heard you say, welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast name so many times. And I just think it's hilarious to hear you say it and then say my name. So that was what it was for. (laughs) I'm an OG listener. I'm so excited. Not I need a pen or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only are you an OG listener, I also have you to thank for mentioning the podcast. What was that, like a year ago on Forbes? I'm telling you that when your podcast came out and well, first I saw you promoting it with video, I think on Facebook mm-hmm. and I got connected and started listening in the production and the quality of the show, but also the topics you were covering were really timely for me and spoke to where I was and what, you know, I was going through and that juncture of like 
becoming known for one thing, but then wanting to go deeper in another area. And so I had to mention you, I had to get you on that list and let a wider audience know about the amazing things you're doing. Well, you know what I found incredible about that, Amanda? And I'm not even sure if I've told you this before, but when that came out, my strategic, I know, what what is Safiya called? I think she her title is strategic planner <laughs> on my team. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It was so crazy. You use language to describe the podcast that we had not used publicly, but it's what we wanted to communicate. And that is what was in our creative brief going into launching Redefining Wealth as a brand, but also the podcast. And some of the language was almost to a T as if you were a fly on the wall at my kitchen counter when we were cooking all this up. I was Mm. like, how does she know? Why? That's what I do. That language. <laughs> and so I knew then I was like, uh-uh, this girl, this is, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait a minute. She literally gets it. And so I started following you too and listening to your podcast. And now I've had the great honor of reading your book, Package Your Genius. And there's just so many similarities and so much synergy. So it is my honor So welcome you as an OG listener to the Redefining Wealth podcast. Like, man, I'm super excited. I'm excited. The whole family is excited. The kids are excited. Everybody loves Patrice in my house. Well, I've seen your Insta stories and your poor boys. (laughs) They've been forced to, I think, listen to me. No, they love it. They say that you're inspiring. And they, you know, what's funny, they say that you remind them of me. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. Like when we first started listening in the car, they were like, are you all friends? Because Judy sounds like you. She talks like you talk. And I'm like, oh, I like what a compliment to me. So no, they love it. They're all about being empowered. And if it's boring and it's not good, they'll they'll say, oh yeah, that doesn't really grab me. But they really love, they, they like your solo episodes. They don't really like the interviews, but they like when you're by yourself. Wow. Isn't that, that funny? Is so cool. Yeah. So they probably won't listen to this interview. <laughs> You're going to listen. Come on, guys. You have to listen. So, Amanda, it looks like from what I read, we both found ourselves unemployed with newborns when the recession hit. I want to know, you talked a little bit about kind of finding yourself in this place and then wanting to pivot and go deeper. Can you share how you built the first iteration of your business and then what caused your pivot? So I was laid off from my newspaper job at the start of the Great Recession, and I had just had my first son, Logan, and my husband, shortly after I gave birth, my husband also um, was laid off too. And so at the time, I had been thinking about how I would transition from the journalism space just because I didn't feel like I had enough time to really see that investment pay off. Like it takes a long time to make good money as a journalist. And I didn't have that kind of time. And so I had already been thinking about transitioning from the newsroom to something else. And at the time, writing was my gift and my strength. And I knew it was something that other people needed, would pay for, and understood the value proposition of. So 
frankly, I just started out with writing and I thought about, well, who needs writers? Who needs writing? Who needs uh, writing and they're willing to pay for it because it's a gap to their own profitability, right? So I thought about small public relations firms and a lot of the smaller lobbying shops in the D.C. area that may need help with proposals or um, some of the projects that they landed as clients, but maybe they didn't need a full-time writer or someone they needed to pay benefits to. And I literally started cold calling Patrice, like straight up, (laughs) Google, phone book, and making calls. And I remember I made a little PDF marketing document because after I called, I think one firm, the woman said, oh yeah, we need writers. Um, Send me something. And I didn't have anything to send her. (laughs) And so I went back to my Mac and I like cooked up a little document that talked about how I could provide writing services at a great rate. And I was only looking for contract work. So no need to bear the expense of my insurance. And I was fast and flexible and could turn things around quickly. And so once I had that document, I started sending it out, contacted everyone I knew who I had maybe interviewed for a story or worked with, just people I thought knew me and thought well of me, thought highly of me. And, you know, maybe they needed a writer or knew someone who did. And that was literally the first step for me to package my own genius. I love that. I Your sons are right. We're the same person. I was just <laughs> on the personal finance. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's crazy. Because when you made that pivot, I knew exactly what was going on. And it's funny, this will come out later, but I actually started working on another book before Package Your Genius when Connor was working on his book and he inspired me to just go ahead and write mine. And it was a book that had been on my heart and it was about kind of finding your calling. And then before I wrote that, when I started writing, I realized, wait a minute, I have to get Package Your Genius out there first because it's my thing. So in essence, I think Packager Genius is kind of like uh, real money answers uh-huh. to you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that really tactical advice from that first life. Uh, but I have another, I have another chapter, but I am giving some space and room to this movement because a lot of people still need to understand how to do this. Yeah. But I, I love that, you know, so for so long, people say, well, how did you become a speaker? I said, I would just go to places and say, can I speak? And mm. they would think that I was joking. But essentially, I was cold calling or door knocking or whatever you like to call it. But I was literally in New Orleans at that time. I always tell the story about being on the bathroom floor, bawling and not and crying. And when I got off the floor, one of the things I did was start that blog, that free blogspot.com that I leave up to this day. So folks mm-hmm. know you have to start somewhere. But I also started to just, whenever I would pass by a church, I would just like see if it was open, <laughs> go talk to people. You know, during the week, people are still at church. There's yep. folks there working and stuff. And I ended up writing a whole little workbook and teaching this course about financial management at like several churches in New Orleans. I rarely share that. Mm. But folks would say, how did you get started? It was that. It was, it, you know, I knew my mind I mean, I knew I had lost all my money, but my mind wasn't bad, right? It's like, I know I know what I know, and I know that you may not know what I know. And so therefore, here's the market. 
And that's what I did. And I just love that. I didn't even think I realized that piece, you know, because cold, cold calling sounds scary, but so does right. knocking on random doors, even at a church. <laughs> but I think it's also interesting that, you know, your purpose found you and, and your path found you as you were in action, right? Like, I think so many people think there's some magic formula bullet answer. There's one answer. How did you start speaking? Oh, such and such discovered me. And then I was suddenly, you know, on my way. No, it was, I was pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, reaching out to people. I was, you know, making phone calls and getting people saying no or hanging up in my face because they didn't need me. I was sending out emails to no response, you know, being ghosted before ghosting was the term. Like there was a lot of um, outreach in the beginning. And I think that, you know, eventually you become someone, but, or you become someone that people know, you become a name that people know, but it requires you being willing to put yourself out there. Absolutely. Speaking of put yourself out there, in the book, you say that your dad was the smartest person you'd ever met and the smartest person you'd never heard of. Mm. And I think of so many people who are brilliant and essentially they're settling for being best kept secrets. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that just whole idea of being able to put yourself out there and trusting that it'll be okay? Because I think a lot of people just fear that putting yourself out there? Well, I think, you know, when it came to my dad, uh, he really planted the seed for me to do this work, you know, call it personal branding, call it visibility, because I just didn't think it was fair that someone who had so many gifts and talents wasn't able to flip those gift and gifts and talents when he needed to flip them, right? So like he had a job and his job got plenty out of him. But when it was time for him to take the next step and leverage all that he was and all that he knew and all that he had become in these decades of working, he just didn't understand how to put himself out there. So I don't even think it was so much of a fear as just an inability to market. Yeah. And so like, to me, I just feel like that doesn't make any sense. If you've worked for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to become good at your area of expertise, an inability to market yourself or describe what you do shouldn't be the one thing between you and success. And so that seed, um, was planted early and that sense of the injustice of that, I think was planted early for me. And so I also realized that I do have a gift and you kind of alluded to it earlier when you were talking about your podcast description. I do have a gift of hearing what you're trying to say, um, even if you haven't put it in those words yet. And so once I realized that for me, that's something I can do well, that a lot of people can't. And then I connected with that why of helping people like my dad, who are really great at what they do, but just aren't great at putting it into words or, you know, putting it online or talking about it in person and just empowering them and you know, loving on them and helping them believe in the gift and just giving them those marketing tools to get it out there. Um, that's kind of the why, but for people who are just afraid of putting themselves out there, you know, I know it's hard. It's, it can be difficult to be visible. 
Uh, it can be difficult to be seen, but I always try to remember and think of life. And, you know, life is short. <laughs> We're getting older. Yeah. Like how, how many years are you going to be a best kept secret? At what point do you plan on stepping out here and letting people know what you can do? And if you feel that burning desire to be better known, to reach more people, to make a bigger impact, to really, you know, leave a mark on this earth, a den in the universe or however you want to call it. You've got to make yourself visible and make yourself known. And just, and that's that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I really feel like one of the things that I had to realize is it's not about me. Like when yeah. I get caught up in not or, or dealing with these ideas of, well, what are people going to think or what might people say, especially when you get ready to pivot, right? So mm-hmm. I've been known for something for so long. And then in your belly, you're like, this does not feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have to burst out of this box or I'm going to die. Right. But the, there's also the other side, which is like, but this is comfortable. This is safe. Mm-hmm. You already, you do well here. They like you here. They love you here. Stay right here, right? You have all those thoughts that are like, no, you're good where you are. Um, and even if it's not you're good where you are, there's still just that whole conversation about what might the outside world think or how might you be perceived. One of the things that I I keep thinking about is it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. not even about you because your visibility can make the difference for someone else. So if you get out of the way and think about them and not yourself, for me, that's become easier. Yeah, I love the, it's not you, it's it's through you, right? So your gift is not about you. It's how you will be used to change the lives of other people. And that's something that um, I used to use as almost a, a mantra for public speaking whenever I would get nervous in the beginning. I don't, I speak a lot now. So, you know, after a certain point, it just is what it is. I would think about the audience when I'm physically caught up in my nerves, the nerves of like stage fright or jitters. And I would try to focus on the fact that if just one person in the audience needs to hear what I have to say, and this message could potentially plant the seed that could change their lives. Mm-hmm. Who am I to focus on my racing heart, right? Or my fluttering chest, mm-hmm. like this is so much bigger than how I feel. Someone's life could be changed. Someone could potentially get out of debt because of me and what I share. Someone could uncover the pathway to you know, make enough money to buy their home or put their children through college. So it's like when you really think about what's on the line, you can get over yourself pretty quickly. You said something else that I had to react to. <laughs> the pivoting piece, oh my God, for me, When I pivoted, what, the second or third time from PR to personal branding coaching or just coaching, like it took me forever to admit to people that I wanted to coach. I didn't want to necessarily, you know, take on PR projects anymore. I wanted to coach people. And so many things went through my mind. I remember because at the time I had won a few awards in the PR space. And remember, I had pivoted from journalism. Right. So 
to build myself up to the point where I'm winning national awards in this new space. And then to say, well, I don't even really want to do that anymore. It just felt like I was throwing away all of this hard work. And I know you can relate to that because you, you know, you had gone so far in personal finance, you were everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was that piece too, like almost a, a guilt of, yeah. well, some people don't even have this much, right? Like some people are trying to make it in my space and they've never won any awards. They don't, no one knows who they are. And so who am I to pivot and quote unquote, throw it all away and become someone different. But I'm telling you when I answered that call and did make that pivot, it's been amazing. I wouldn't change anything. And I still do PR in a way, right? But, and I still am able to leverage the credibility from my time in the PR space. And I'm still very connected in PR. And basically personal branding is PR, but it's just for individuals. And so I wish I hadn't taken so long, as long as I did take to even decide to answer that call and do the thing that was on my heart to do, because it had been on my heart for several years and I hemmed and hawed before I pulled the trigger and actually did it. Girl, me too. Hemmed and hawed. (laughs) (laughs) Hemmed and hawed. And didn't even really realize that it was already seeping through. Mm. I ended up sending an email to my audience saying something along the lines of, could you could you receive more than personal finance education from me? And people replied, Amanda, was, I got so many emails. I was actually shocked by how many people replied. And they're like, but I already get a lot of faith from you. Or I already yes. get a lot of family from you. Or I re- and I was like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> because of course, it's just us. And there was something that you said in the book. I have to read this because I don't want to butcher it. And <laughs> It kind of speaks to this same topic uh, because a lot of times our gifts and what we should be doing is literally like right there under our nose. And somehow we just keep dismissing it because we think, oh, I've already invested so much time, money, effort, you know, into becoming this person that that person has to wait till later. Right. Mm -hmm. That, uh, That part of my gifting has to wait. And you say on page 22, it's about the effortless state of being is purpose. Mm. That effortless state of being is purpose. And you don't have to dress it up to sell it. You don't have to dilute the gift by overcomplicating it. You don't have to make yourself anxious, perfecting and preparing yourself to justify it. You just have to show up, get out of the way and allow yourself to be the channel that you are. Mm. Oh, you said that. (laughs) I did indeed. It's it's funny because that actually was a, that was a lesson I had to learn in therapy. I had to learn that in therapy because I was making myself anxious thinking that I had to, I mean, everything I listed in that passage, I did. So I know because I did it. (laughs) I overcomplicated. I did it all until one day I just realized, oh, this is my gift. I'm really good. I don't even really have to prepare. I just need to show up and open myself up to be the channel because what's happening in these interactions with people, it's not about the worksheets I'm preparing. It's not about, you know, the homework I'm going to give you. It's about the message you're receiving from the download I'm getting, right? I'm simply a channel and I just need to show up as a clear channel 
and be open to hear the message that you're meant to receive. Like I had to learn that in therapy. And once I tried it and really surrendered to it, as you say, to use one of your words, um, it was powerful. Well, I love that you said a clear channel. Yes. You so not a polluted channel is what you're saying. Yeah, not a polluted not a distracted channel. channel. And not um not polluted with myself, right? Not polluted with necessarily what I think should be happening here, but just to be clear and open to what is. That's just good. to be clear and open. Because sometimes I'm telling you, as many sessions as I've done, sometimes those sessions end up in places that I never would have. And I'm sure you've had the same experiences, right? Mm -hmm. You come with an agenda, you come thinking we're talking about one thing and, and that's not what happens, but what happens is still amazing. And so, you know, when that is a part of your gift and you are uh, a vehicle, a conduit, for information, for transformation, the sooner you can accept that and really be confident, because it sounds kind of crazy, right? (laughs) When you're just, when people ask you, well, how do you do what you do? And some part of it is just receiving your energy, being open to what you're giving off and then kind of telling you what's coming through me too. It almost sounds mystical, but that's really what happens. It really is. I can identify with that so much. One of the things that you talked about was that problems can arise when we mistake our talent and skills with purpose. Mm-hmm. You said just because we're good at something, it doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing with your time. Can you break that down? So one of the things that I think focuses my work and is a hallmark of the work I do at Package or Genius Academy is our focus on high achievers. So we work with people who have been smart, talented, hardworking for most of their lives, right? And so you know as well as I that if you work hard and you're ta- if you're naturally gifted, naturally intelligent, and you're hardworking, if you work hard at anything, after a while, you're you'll probably get pretty good at it. And so, you know, we see a lot of people who have several things that they can do well and other people, whether those are bosses or family members, people in the industry who may observe you and say, okay, you've got a talent and they kind of focus you and push you into a certain direction because you're good at doing something, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're meant to be doing. So you can have multiple talents um, and multiple things that you're really proficient at, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's your purpose. You really, you're the only one who can dial into the purpose piece. And that, you know, a Part of that is asking and and looking at where you've been energized in the past and what work lights you up, what people light you up, um, what audiences you enjoy serving, who you want to connect with, who you like being around, what you're doing when you're feeling your best and you feel like you're contributing your best work, but not necessarily just the thing that you do very well. Yeah, that's brilliant. (laughs) That's brilliant. I see it all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you can think of a few things you do really well, right? But they're not necessarily what you want to build your life around or what you want to be known for. Like my kids are all, for, for example, my kids are always saying, and 
I think part of it is because they love me so much. <laughs> I definitely have two mama's boys, but they're always saying at dinner time, "Oh my God, mommy, your cooking is so amazing." You're Reagan really will never say that. Never? <laughs> never, never, never. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny. I wasn't always a great cook. I learned to be a cook um, since I've had kids and a, a family. And I like to tinker with things until they're nice. I like to, you know, play with proportions. And I'm, I, I've got that engineering in my blood, too. My dad was an engineer. So I think cooking is a form of engineering. You, you figure out how to get things to work, how to get things to be the right consistency or flavor profile. But they will always say, Mommy, you should open a restaurant. Call it PYG Kitchen because this food is just so good. More people need to know about it. And I'm like, I don't want more people to know about my... I don't... I only cook for you because I love you. But this is not something I'm trying to do with my time. Like, I'm good at it, right? Like, I cook a good meal, but this is not... This is not my purpose. This is just something I do because I love you and it's a part of my responsibility as your mom. And so, you know, they would say, though, well, this cooking is is good enough to be in a restaurant and you should package it, but it's not what I want to do with my time. It's just something I happen to do well. So Amanda, how do you help someone who feels that they are a multi-passionate entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and they come to you and they're like, Amanda, I am a relationship expert, but Mm -hmm. I love baking Mm -hmm. and I love underwater basket weaving as well as selling real estate on the weekends. And I also do, (laughs) I also sell long-term care insurance policies, right? Because I have seen and heard all of this. And they say, I am great at all of it. And all of it gives me energy and all of those populations light me up. And I'm excited about all of it. How do you help them narrow down to one thing? Or do you, do you suggest that they narrow down to that one thing? So what I typically try to find is, The overarching um, goal of all of those things, like what are all of those things feeding for that person? So you said, I'm trying to remember, basket weaving, underwater Underwater basket basket weaving, (laughs) underwater on the weekend, real estate, baking relationship coach. So I was, Uh let's just take relationship coach, baking and um, uh, real estate. So I would say, well, okay, what is it that you love about relationship coaching? Well, I I love helping people find their match, or I I love helping people succeed in relationships. And I'd say, well, what is it that you love about baking? Well, I love giving people an activity that is, is productive. So it produces a tangible product they can actually use. And, you know, I really love the conversations we have while I'm teaching them how to bake. And, you know, I like meeting new people who want to learn something new. And then I may say, okay, um, well, what do you love about the, the underwater basket weaving? It's an adventure. I love helping people do something completely different and outlandish and slightly funny and ridiculous and helping them meet new people too. So I may say something along the lines of, well, it sounds like um, from relationships 
relationship coaching and baking and basket weaving. Uh, you are helping people form new connections with lifelong partners, be they friends, be they loved ones, right? And so I try to find the thing, the, the why behind the passion. So not, it's typically a layer up, right? Yeah. And there's typically something that's feeding all of those things. So just to give you an example from myself, like I before I could focus on this whole idea of visibility, I was like, well, I've been a journalist. I've been a writer. I've been a PR person, a social media person. Now I'm a personal branding coach. It's like all this stuff, you know, it seems like it's all over the place. But then I'm like, it's not really all over the place. Because even when I was writing, when I was a journalist, I was trying to help people who um, whose voices weren't being heard. I wanted to tell their stories. So I was going out interviewing people who were on the margins and whose stories would never see the light of day, save for this little brown girl reporter who came to interview them and then write up the story and get it published in the paper. When I was doing PR work and social media work for businesses and nonprofits, you know, I was listening to their stories and helping them communicate what they did in a way that would make sense to other people so they could, you know, get the word out about themselves and not not be in the shadows. And then now as a coach, it's all about helping people learn to talk about themselves, learn to promote what they're doing and really become visible. And it's, to me, it's really all the same thing. It's about making yourself visible, right? Whether you are a marginalized voice that feels like no one wants to hear from you or you're a professional who's really talented and feels like you just don't know how to describe yourself. So it's like finding that thing that everything else is is moving towards or going towards. Now, sometimes, like you mentioned, a ton of things and some of those really weren't connected. <laughs> um, you, you were pulling it together, though. I, I saw but I'm, what you did there. You saw it, but I mean, you know, so sometimes I'll say to people, like, if it's really crazy, like, oh, I have a candle business and I'm doing the coaching. And I'm like, well, okay, make the candles and give the candles to your coaching clients in a, in a, in a love package or something. But sometimes you do have to cut cut things off just to make things make sense. But more often than not, Patrice, I found that when people say I'm all over the place and I have all of these things, they really don't. They really just have different ways that they are going about reaching one goal. And they just do it, you know, through several different vehicles. I love that. You probably just set someone free. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, you probably just set someone free. I'm like, you you think you're all over the place, but you're really not. You're, you know, calm well, down. It's funny. People always tell me, mostly I will say my family, because I think I'm the only person in my family who's like me, <laughs> where <laughs> I I do multiple things, but for me, it all leads back to the same purpose. Mm-hmm. But I get sometimes at like family events, they're like, oh, so you got a podcast now. You still writing the books? Oh, so you still writing the books, huh? You still doing TV? Oh, so you still doing that too? And they make it seem like I'm doing way too much. But to me, it's all the same. It's, it's all the same thing. It's just expressed in different ways, but it's all the same. Right. Um, I know. I love that you say you work with career changers and career climbers because you believe that personal branding goes way beyond entrepreneurship, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's all, it's all about people, right? It's about wherever you are. It doesn't have, you don't have to have a business to build a brand. 
you need your brand, your reputation. You need to be thought of well wherever you are if you want to get more opportunities. So, so long as you are looking to continuously attract opportunities, be they job opportunities, client opportunities, fellowship opportunities, internship opportunities, relationship opportunities, you need a brand. You need to articulate what you have to offer and how other people find value in you so you can become referable and so that the new people who need to work with you and need to to encounter you can find you. Oh, and I love that you said to can find you <laughs> because I did a, a conference in like 2015 or 2016. And um, I was speaking at this conference and T.D. Jakes was the keynote speaker. And mm. he said, if I can't find you online, and he was speaking to Christian entrepreneurs in particular. He said, if I can't find you online, you don't exist. If I can't Google you, I'm not using you. If I can't mm. understand what's on your website, you lost the sale. And you say in the book, you know, that the world's ability to vet you is but a scroll and a click away. So every single person listening, whether you are an entrepreneur or a career climber, uh, as you say, needs to take this to heart. And to your point about your dad not having the tools, I really think that personal branding is something just like I feel about personal finance is something that should be taught much earlier. It definitely should. And I think to some degree, I'm on a mission to do that, you know, with the work I'm doing with my kids to help them. And it's it's fascinating to encounter where they are and how they are finding out who they are and what they're good at and what they enjoy. It's really powerful. And so I think as as early as elementary school, you know, you can help your children figure out what their passions are so they can start focusing on something that brings them joy and builds their confidence and helps them feel like they have a place in the world. And then maybe ultimately they can start to, quote unquote, build a brand around that and and build a narrative around what they're good at doing and who they like to work with and the projects and the types of opportunities they're interested in. But I definitely feel like we will see it being taught more in schools earlier, especially with the shifts in our economy. Like there's so much more personalization that is a part of our economy versus, you know, the standardization age of factories and everyone having to be the same and and do a cookie cutter job like now everything is about individualization and personalization so um i definitely think we'll see more and more personal branding curriculum pop up for our young people in the future well and i have to give a shout out to connor for his book <laughs> about connor's book connor sent us a book that reagan did read um, and enjoy actually. And it's so funny. I talked to her about writing a book well before you sent us Connor's book, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, Mom, the family only needs one author. Ah! Right. But what she's been doing more and more is speaking, like literally mm-hmm. raising her hand to do more speaking at school. She just tried out for this speech meet, which she did. She's going to represent her school in a couple weeks and stuff. And I'm super excited about that. But wow, she doesn't want to identify herself as a speaker. I think because mom is a speaker, 
So Mm -hmm. she's just like, I mean, I'm just doing it. But then every day they have practice now that she's been selected. And she's like, Mrs. So-and-so says, I really don't have to come to all the practices, but I still like to go. (laughs) Like, I still like to go because I just want to like be excellent at it and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, I didn't get the author, but I think I got speaker. But shout out to your son for buckling down and making it happen. That is- Yeah, he's a machine. (laughs) Seriously, like he inspired me (laughs) because- there was no Packager Genius before there was Zombie Tag. Like, wow. I don't think people will know that. When I saw his example of getting up every morning and putting in work, I'm like, what am I doing? This is this, <laughs> Pull it together, this, Amanda. Get yeah. yourself <laughs> You know, furthermore, I'm like, you call yourself a writer, <laughs> but why aren't you writing? Why aren't you, why aren't you up at 6 a.m. at least putting an hour in? You know, not, not, it. you don't have to be there all day, but put in something. Well, one of the quotes that I really love from the book is, as children, we lived our personal brands just by being ourselves. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of our magic. We fell into the routines of life. We're programmed by well-meaning parents and teachers to follow rules, wait for instruction, and ignore what was happening internally. And... I really love the work that you do because you get to pull out the little kid in all of us. Yes. Yes, you get it. So basically, when people ask me what I do, essentially, I take, I try to help 40-year-olds remember who they were at five (laughs) or eight or 10 or whenever they were stepping into their own personalities and becoming who they were without second guessing themselves without overthinking it or doing what they thought others wanted them to do or doing what they thought would get the approval of the people they cared about. Uh, I used to be a poet, Patrice, so I'm going to share this with you. (laughs) Yes. So it's kind of like, it always makes me think of this line I wrote in, um, it was a poem I wrote decades ago, but The line said something like, young love isn't cunning enough to forge. So it's like that, right? It's like kids are not cunning enough to forge. It's like either you are or you aren't. You you can't fake it. And whenever I speak to kids, I'm always super nervous because if you're boring, they'll let you know. They're not going to they're not going to pay attention just to be polite. (laughs) They're going to yawn and wiggle and look uncomfortable and zone out. But if you can capture the attention of kids, you know that what you're saying is powerful, that you're really good. So um, before we were cunning enough to forge, what were we doing? You know, who were we being? Who did we gravitate towards? What did we say we wanted to be when we grew up? Right. Like, think back to that. Like, I know so many people say, oh, I want to be a doctor. or I want to be a lawyer because a parent planted that seed. But before that, You know, what did your friends come to you for? What do they remember you for? Who were you in middle school? I think all of that is just really fun to reflect on. And it's freeing and it's fulfilling. Yes. It's fun, freeing and fulfilling. I, there is, redefining wealth has changed my life. (sighs) Mine too, Patrice, seriously. (laughs) Redefining wealth has literally changed my life. The ability to just be all of who I am Uh, I'm not just a personal finance expert. I'm not just an author. I'm not just a mother. I'm not just a wife. 
Like I am Patrice Cunningham Washington, and these are all of the ways that I show up. Show up. Yes. These are all of the ways that I show up and I have nothing to hide and nothing to protect and and no reason to pretend. This is what it is. Like take it or leave it. And being able to package that genius and Mm -hmm. just say, here I am and be clear about it enough for you to write about it in Forbes and not even have, I didn't even know you then. So not even have an opportunity to say, girl, what you trying to do? You, you could pick up on it and it was just so genuine and authentic and man, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I love that that is what you're doing is just helping people get back to who they really are without Mm -hmm. feeling like they have to add all the fantasy and fluff and filters to it. Before they started listening to the outside world, who are they on the inside? That's powerful stuff, Amanda. Thank you, Patrice. Redefining wealth, that's powerful. I mean, that's so timeless, too. Uh-huh. I feel like that's going to stand the test of time. Well, I Decades hope so. from now. <laughs> I sure show, I show hope so, because I am enjoying the ride. Well, you know how this goes. Before I let you go, I got to ask you some redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. So okay. just tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. How do you define success? Success is doing what's inside of me and impacting the people and audiences I care about the most. I love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Three words or less. You would have thought I would have practiced this, right? (laughs) People always say that. I can't tell you how many people say, I listen to your podcast and I can't believe I didn't practice this part. Well, go ahead. Three words or less. I have two words. <laughs> Ooh, come on. Well, okay, I'll make it three. To die empty. Ah. Woo. I want to leave it all here, Patrice. Seriously. I, <laughs> I want to love it. All. it. Yes. Yeah. To die empty. Now that is a first. That is really good. Really good. Okay. Tell us one book that has changed the way you see wealth. <laughs> Again, no practice. Why didn't I practice this? Look look at me peeking over at my bookshelf. One book that has changed the way I see wealth. See, I can't say this one because somebody else said this one on a podcast a while ago, but I'm going to co-sign. I know, because I want to be different. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that for you are a badass of making money. You recommended that one to me. And I thought that was really good. And I've listened to the audio book on repeat, like a few different uh-huh. times. Oh, because good. It gets in your head. And it in your does. Spirit. It does. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. you know, that's one of my favorites. Jensen Satter, I'm still working on you. You will be on the Redefining Wealth podcast. Like, Oh, it's going to happen because you've mentioned her like so many times I at this feel like point. At this point. I, right. I'm how many how many books have you sold? <laughs> right, I know, I know, I've sold some books because we read it in our and uh, Patrice's pod club. So I right. know that I've sold some books, and I'm doing my interview. But anywho, okay, so Amanda, you're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Amanda, and to me, the truth about wealth is. It's available to everyone and it's available to you at any time. 
Amen. Amen. Good job, Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm super Thank you excited. for having me. Uh, I really do believe entrepreneurs and career climbers, career builders alike, you need to get your hands on Package Your Genius because it really is good. It's good practical stuff, straight to the point, but you make so many great points about just getting back to the root of who you are and being authentic in so many different ways, but you give us the tools to get there. So I appreciate you and I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and sharing me with your community. Okay, didn't I tell you Amanda will be full of nuggets. I know you are inspired right now to package your genius. You should be. You should be. I tell my clients all the time in Purpose to Platform, like, look, these stories that we have, everything that we've been through, all of the experiences that we've had to date, that was a gift for us. Nothing happened to us. It happened for us. And you have a particular genius that you should be sharing with the world, period, period, point blank. And as a reminder, I really want to help you explore what that may look like and help you figure out how to get from one you know, stage to the next in this whole idea of chasing purpose. Because again, when we skip steps, right? When we skip steps, we don't get to experience the fullness Uh, I think of what's available to us. And so join me for that special live masterclass. It's Thursday, August 29th. It's free to register. You have to be a Purpose Chaser though. So go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. Get into that free Slack group for this community and join me for How to Chase Purpose. Five shifts to help you acknowledge your God-given gifts, align your passion, and answer the call on your life. I am so excited. We have never done a live training uh, in this community yet. This will be my very first one. So this is my special invite to all of you who support the podcast. This is my way of giving back to you. And I hope imparting some wisdom that will truly be a blessing, right? Will truly be a blessing and help you as you prepare for 2020 and beyond. So how to chase purpose, go to IamAPurposeChaser.com sign up. Until then, make sure you hit up Amanda Littlejohn in social media. Uh, Find her at Package Your Genius. Tell her how amazing she was because she absolutely put it down today. And until then, until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.